Okay, well, let's, uh, let's sort of um, come to as uh, mums, dads return, having signed their precious little ones away. I thought, isn't that nice? It just, it's, summer's just a bit more relaxed, isn't it? Let's get to chill a little bit and um, take our time. I managed to nip to the loo there and got myself a coffee. It's fantastic. I've probably just given you all an idea for next week, haven't I? This time next week, you'll all be nipping out for a coffee and then the cafe team will kill me. Morning, Andrew. How are you? The Olympic Games, it's great, isn't it? Any highlights so far? I was very disappointed. Watched six hours of cycling. That's quite sad, isn't it? Anyway, um, if you're our guest here this morning, we are not normally this relaxed or chilled. Um, but if you are our guest here this morning, we have a connection card. It's a piece of paper or a piece of card. And um, it just, uh, it's a, your opportunity to kind of say who you are and you're wanting to connect with us and get to know us, which we'd love to get to know you. We'd love to give you our gift here. It's, uh, it's been named as a hot beverage mug, but why you'd want anything other than coffee in it, I don't know. So uh, it's a coffee mug. It says Carrick Vineyard. If you'd like one of those, we'd love to give you one of those. And uh, you can do that by uh, filling in one of those connection cards at the desk there. That would be tremendous. We've had a couple of life groups meet during the summer holidays, which has been fantastic. And uh, one of them is led by Ian and Jules Hutchinson, together with Matthew. And uh, I've asked those guys, I've caught up with those guys in the week, if they wouldn't mind coming now and just sort of sharing one or two things about what their group's about and what their group's been up to. So this is Jules. And you've brought Alan. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Who's first? You? Me? Okay. Okay, so, um, yeah, as it said, Ian and Matt and I have been leading the Multiply Life Group this summer. But honestly, we haven't really been leading it. God's been leading it, and that's just been amazing. So we turn up every week. There's a bunch of us get together. And the idea behind it is that we want to be praying for our town. We want to really ask God's favor for our town and so we get together and then we kind of break up so it, it could potentially be really messy well it is quite messy but um God's keeping us all really united so we get together and then we split into teams people praying in the venue people praying on the streets and people who are treasure hunting and treasure hunting is intentional prayer walking it's sitting with God before we go out asking them where we should go and then going there and just trust in God that he has it covered, and he has it covered. So every week we've had, we've had people dropping in once, we've had people there every week, but the, the wonderful thing is that God always shows up, and God always takes over, and as leaders that's really good, because that means that we don't have to work that hard at all. Um, so really it's an exercise in being obedient, and trusting God, and we have, um, we have model verses, and you will have heard these before, but this is really what we're going after for all we're worth. Um, I need to find them now. So these are in Matthew 5, and it says, You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, 
Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. And really, that is what we're going after. We, just, we want to be lights. We want to be shining for God. And one thing that God's placed in our hearts as leaders is that we all have a light. We all carry a light. And we're so good at carrying our light into places with loads of other lights. So here we are, shining our lights in church. Our lights kind of disappear. But what God is saying is, get out of here. Get onto the streets. Get into the pubs. Get into the messy, dark places. And your light will shine. So this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to encourage each other to be brave, um, to step out. And let me tell you, it's much easier to be brave when you have other people with you. And that's something we're definitely learning. But week after week, as we split into different groups, we go our separate ways. It could be really, like, it could feel broken, it could feel split up. But when we come back together, when we hear the encounters, when we hear the things that God's placed on the hearts of the people prayer walking, we discover that it's the same. So the people praying in the venue, the people walking on the streets, the people having encounters, God is directing it all. The ones praying in the venue are praying for like Shaftesbury Park and the ones that have had an encounter have come back and it's happened in Shaftesbury Park. And this just keeps happening time after time. And let me just say, our God is awesome. He is absolutely awesome. So we are a bunch of really ordinary people. Um, Matt and Ian and I would not say we're evangelists at all. We're just regular people with a light to shine. And it's really exciting that the other guys in the group are teaching us so much about this. Um, we've got some really brave folks in there. We've got some prayer warriors in there. And we get to learn from them every single week. But most importantly, we're learning from God. We're learning to listen to him. We're learning to hear him. And we're just lost in wide-eyed wonder time and time again at what our God is doing. So our heart would be that we would all be like this, just constantly. So we're waking up every morning and go, right, God, where are you working today? How can I join you? And we'll just be living like that every moment of every day. I, hands up, I am not there, but that is my desire, my absolute heart. And being with other people like that really does bring it alive in you. So I would encourage you, if you haven't been along the life group yet and you want to dip in, you want to see what we're all about, um, come along. It's messy. Um, it's different every week. We don't know what God's going to do. We just go with it. And it is so exciting. Um, but we are seeing incredible encounters on the streets. We have our little teams going out and they're getting to pray with people who don't know God. They're getting to speak truth over people. And people are going back home with the name of Jesus in their ears. And that is just awesome. Um, and one Alan's going to share one of the encounters with us that happened in Shaftesbury Park. And later on that night, one of the ladies who hadn't made it to group had been praying at home. She wasn't well. She'd been praying at home. And she messaged me later and said, I was praying for Shaftesbury Park. I couldn't get it out of my mind. And then I was able to tell her, well, God's amazing because there was an encounter in Shaftesbury Park. Um, Alan will tell you about it, but it was one of those ones that we couldn't get away from. So over to Alan. Okay, this is about um, three weeks ago, and there was a group of us that had been prayer walking, and uh, as Jules mentioned, Shaftesbury Park seems to come up an awful lot, um, you know, in terms of God seems to have his hand on it. Um, those of you who are not familiar with Shaftesbury Park, it's a kind of smallish park area. Um, people like Matt and Paul and myself and a few others run around it regularly on a Saturday morning as part of the local park run, uh, but it's a kind of nice sort of area. Um, it's quite small. And anyway, we were coming back from Rain Gardens. It was quite sort of late-ish. And 
the sort of funny part of it was we looked like we were actually going to get locked in to Shaftesbury Park because they were closing the gates around us. I was like, right, this isn't good. Um, and anyway, to cut a long story short, we got to the sort of end beside the bowling club uh, at the, the Corsi car park there. And we were sort of going along and sort of started talking. Uh, Paul Jeffers? Yeah, uh, who some of you might know was part of the group who would talk the hind leg off a donkey to anybody, to be honest, um, started chatting to this young fella. And it sort of transpired uh, that this young fella was not local. Uh, he was from Cookstown, and he'd been doing deliveries in Carrick. And he, for some reason, he was coming through Shaftesbury Park to get back to his car, which was nowhere near Shaftesbury Park. And anyway, um, Paul started chatting along with this young fella and a couple of the rest of us sort of joined in and so on. And as we were coming down North Street, the guy sort of looked over to me and he went, are you a teacher? And I went, yeah, yeah, I actually teach. And those of you who know me know I teach down in Portadown, which is obviously also not very close to Carrick. And the guy goes, you teach in Portadown College? And I went, yeah, yeah. He said, I used to go there. And I went, right, okay. And I said, what was, in, what was your name? My name was Craig. And I sort of did trying to do mental or, you know, calculations and stuff like that because you teach so many people. And he said, oh, I used to be very friendly with this guy, Nathan Montgomery. And I went, I taught Nathan Montgomery. And just sort of started chatting away, as you do, about what are you doing now and how come you ended up in Kickstown and so on. And um, cut long story short, he had come from a quite sort of brethren background, but one thing and another hadn't sort of, you know, uh, walked in it uh, recently. And we sort of said, you know, do you think it's a coincidence that you met us here? And he said, no, I don't think it was actually. And we said, would you mind if we prayed with you? And he said, no, that would be absolutely brilliant. And we got the opportunity to pray for this young fella called Craig. Haven't heard him since, obviously, but, you know, it's one of those amazing kind of God encounters. But there you go. Yeah, so just to wrap up, there's lots of things like that happening every week. And we just know that those people are all going away with a seed in their lives that God can grow um, it's a link in the chain. The chain might be really long, but every link's important. So we're just trusting that every single person that we have met, God has his hand on them, and he is drawing them, and that, yeah, we get to be part of that. Isn't that awesome? So thank you. So one of the things that we do um, well during the summer holidays, we rest. We realize that we work hard, many of us, uh, in our vocations or at home or whatever it is and and often with church and the way that our church operates is that we we invite you to be part of the team and and i would say a really high percentage of you guys are working you're part of the team and and uh, that's that's what we do which is so good and it's not just on sundays it's in groups it's in ministries that we run throughout the year and we just love that we just love that we don't just exist for sundays we exist the whole time and uh, and we work hard and we serve and we we partner with Jesus and what we think he's saying to us and he's leading us as a church into. But we do take July and August to rest, which is wonderful. I think that's really, really important. Um, but I, I'm going to sort of say something now, which I hope we do follow through with. I, I feel like this time next year, we, we would like to spend a week of the holiday, probably in August, uh, serving our community in a really deliberate way. Um, lots of churches do lots of fantastic stuff through the holidays, and, and uh, we, we take a lot of time resting, which is absolutely needed and wonderful and, and right, but I think it's really been on our hearts, and I think a number of you have spoken to us, and we really believe the Father's speaking to us, so probably 
this Monday, a year from now, or maybe the third week in August next year, we'd love to uh, do some deliberate stuff in our community, serving it, um, getting our sleeves rolled up and, and serving public places, private places, businesses, whatever it might be, um, doing stuff on the streets, whatever it might be, just to serve uh, the people and to love Jesus and to love those that he's leading us to. And we just highly commend those guys Tuesday night at what time? Eight o'clock. And it's okay to join you for the last two or three weeks. You'd be more than merrier. So uh, that would be tremendous. Folks, I want to speak. I'm going to talk probably about 10 minutes, maybe 15. I know I said that before and it was a lot longer, but I think it is going to be about a 10 or 15 minute. And then we're going to, uh, we're going to share communion together. Is that all right? Good. So, um, we had our annual holiday recently, which we love. We just love to get away and to abandon, uh, abandon annually and uh, just rest and recuperate and have lots of fun and uh, all the rest. And one of the things that we love doing each lunchtime is uh, eating, which is always good at lunchtime. And, uh, and what we love to do is we, love, we just love to get fresh bread. Where we go, they just do great bread. And so each morning, uh, we'll go and get fresh bread. And it's the kind of bread that if you get fresh bread here, you, you kind of have to eat it that day. Like if you keep it for the next day, it's a bit rough, like it goes hard. And you can try and crisp it up in the oven and all the rest, but it's just not the same. You buy what you need for the day. You just get just enough. And, and we, we just love doing that. And I would love to talk... Um, about bread this morning. I was, I was with some folks during the week. I just felt God was really sort of speaking to me through the simplicity as God is so simple often with us in the way that he communicates himself to us through uh, bread. So mana, is that how you pronounce mana? Mana? Do you say mana? Mana, mana. Mana was the name for the bread. <laughs> that God gave the people of Israel during their 40 years in the wilderness. And it was like this special bread that in the morning they kind of woke up and wherever they were staying or whatever tents they made or whatever, there's like, oh, there it is on the ground. And they went and got just enough. And the temptation early on, it must have been amazing, wasn't it? Imagine like, oh, man, we've been out of Egypt a few days. We're thirsty. We're hungry. They're moaning like crazy at Moses. And they're saying, take us back into slavery and then suddenly there's bread all over on the ground. And the temptation was to take more than what was needed. And that's what they did. And like the bread that we have on the holiday, the next day it's just not right. And actually the bread molded. And it was an important lesson that, that God taught the people of Israel that was just to take the bread just enough for what was needed. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. It was a daily provision of food. Any more that was taken went moldy. Do you see where I'm going this morning? Jesus taught his disciples to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Give us each day our daily bread. And when Jesus taught that prayer and he said those words in that line, he may well have been thinking of the Israelite story. He may well have been. That's one of those things that you, you could see the parallel, can't you? Um, but regardless, what it does is it speaks of provision. 
it speaks of God supplying the needs for the people, the physical needs. And we have physical needs, don't we? We need enough. Some have plenty. Some don't have enough, but we need enough, enough to live on, enough to supply whatever, uh, who we care for, whatever it may be. And God and Jesus taught us to pray, give us our day, our daily bread. It's just enough. And if we have more, let's give it away because it will just get moldy anyway. But I think that we can take these words a step further than God's provision to meet our physical needs. I think we can take it a step further in that God can supply all of our needs, not just our physical needs. Jesus later uses this analogy of bread about himself. He says this, Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said, give us always this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So he begins this passage. He references the Israelite story. He references the time when Moses and the people there, their needs were met. They were supplied by bread. And it didn't come from Moses, but it came from my father. He is the supplier. Not only did my father give you the bread, the manna from heaven, but now in your hearing, in your seeing, he gives you the true bread of heaven. It's not just this physical bread that we eat, but now in your seeing, I, Jesus presenting himself to the people, saying to the people, I am the bread of heaven, the true bread of heaven. And it's through me that I give life to the world. And the people, those who are here, and they say, always give us this bread. In other words, I'll have a slice of that. That was a bit of a pun which was overlooked. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The hunger, this hunger, speaks much more than our physical hunger of wanting something to eat. This hunger speaks of being known, being loved, being accepted, being heard, being forgiven, being fulfilled, having peace, having your place, and fulfilling your destiny. He is enough. And we look for it in all other places, in all other people, in all other ways to supply what we need when God this morning in a very simple message is saying he is enough. He's enough today. And he's enough for tomorrow and the day after and the day after. And if you're like me, you, 
life ebbs and flows and good things come and bad things come and exciting things happen and sad things happen. And it's just this roller coaster of our lives. And whenever we take our gaze off of him, we start looking for what we need in other things and in other ways. But the simple message is it's in him. It's in him and it's through him who gives us life, gives life to the world and gives life to us as individuals. So as we come here this morning, there will be a plethora of needs, a whole range of emotions, a whole range of things going on inside of our heads right now and in our lives right now. And the simple message is he is what you're looking for. He is enough. He is the answer. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. It's him. It's in him. And of course, Jesus uses this brilliant analogy of bread about himself being broken for us. And he takes the bread, doesn't he, that most intimate meal, that last meal that he has with his, his friends. And he breaks the bread and he gives it to his friends and he says, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He takes a piece of unleavened bread, which would have been used at Passover. He breaks it and he passes it amongst his friends. He says, you need to eat this. This represents me. This represents what's going to happen to me. And you to do this continually to remember what I've done. Not that we need to be broken ourselves. Not that we need to go through those things ourselves. But just to gratefully receive it. It is given for you. He's doing this willingly that we may be free. He's doing this that we might be forgiven. He's doing this that we would remember what he did and that we would feed on him, that we would go to him with not just our physical needs, but our spiritual needs, our emotional needs. We go to him because he is the giver of life. We're going to do that. We're going to share communion together. And uh, if the guys that are giving it out, could kind of come get themselves ready. That would be tremendous. And um, there's less of us than normal, which is wonderful in terms of um, keeping this just a really intimate moment, which is what it should be as we do this, as we remember him. If you're a follower of Jesus and you love Jesus and you know him, this is for you. And uh, if you have children who are still in the room and you'd like them to partake, then as parents, it's your choice uh, what you do, but they're, they're more than welcome to. I'm going to pray in a moment, and then the guys leading worship, but they're going to come out real quick and take first and get themselves organized to, to lead worship. Um, but whenever you're ready, just come on out. We've got over here, we have gluten-free bread here, I've been told. There is Ribena, uh, or there's real wine on both stations. There are shot glasses if you don't like to share. And there are wine glasses if you don't mind sharing. We've got all the bases covered. I'm sure Jesus didn't have that problem all those years ago. Uh, but we have it all covered. 
so I'm going to pray. And then whenever you feel ready, and this is what I used to do. No one ever sort of taught me this, and I'm not, this isn't necessarily a teaching. But I, I, for me, whenever I kind of come forwards, I kind of come forwards when I feel like I'm ready. And what I mean by that is I, I've just spent some time before the Lord and just kind of coming into a place with him where I feel I'm ready. And in that sort of time, I allow the Holy Spirit to search my heart and I, I say sorry for deliberate things that I know just kind of come to mind. I ask Jesus to forgive and then I go. And then usually afterwards, after when I've taken communion, I usually spend some time again just reflecting. Just again, just being open to the Holy Spirit. What is it that you're saying to me now in this moment? Because it's a holy moment. It's an intimate moment between us and Jesus. The guys will lead us in worship. And so we would encourage you to join in with that. And that's kind of how we do it. Okay, so let us pray. Lord, thank you that you are the bread of life. And those of us who come to you have life in all its fullness. We thank you for your sacrifice upon the cross that your body was broken for us, that your blood was shed for us, that we might not only be forgiven for all the things that we've done that are wrong, but that we would be set free of the negative things that affect our lives. And we come to you this morning looking for life. And we find that in you. And as we take of this bread and this wine this morning, we invite you to again come live in us and live through us. Thank you that we don't get to just keep this to ourselves. It is a personal relationship with you, but you are so generous and so kind that you invite us to go and give that away. We thank you that you are here with us now.